everybody, and welcome to the most consistent podcast we have, which is Smart March Reviews. Today we will be reviewing the SummerSlam pay-per-view of 2018, the year of our Lord. And um, this is the one, you know, billed with the top two matches or former UFC champions. So that's interesting. That's the first and last time that'll ever happen. Um, luckily... Luckily, and that's not a knock on Ronda, it's a knock on the other bastard. <laughs> Out of the gate, it's already uh, only for adults, it's only mature, whatever. My name is Spencer. My name is Glenn. And thank you for accidentally clicking on this podcast. Please stick around and listen if you enjoy wrestling, because sometimes we make sense. Um, SummerSlam 2018 had like, what, 17,000 matches. Felt like it. Half of them were on a pre-show. Glenn, you're the pre-show expert. How'd the pre-show go down, and who all did stuff? Uh, well, there were three matches on the pre-show. Uh, you had Rusev and Lana versus um, uh, Vega and Almas. Yeah. Uh, Vega and Almas win. wasn't a bad match, but it could have stayed on SmackDown. Um, second match was Cedric Alexander versus Gulak. Um, I actually enjoyed this match. Um, yeah. Probably the best one of the three pre-show matches. Um... Hopefully, I, old Gulak doesn't get any more chances because he's definitely one of the weaker ones of 205 Live. Yeah, if a man can't fly, he doesn't need to be on a high flying show. That's true. Um, but yeah, I, uh, Cedric Alexander retained. He still has. That's cool. His, I like him. Stuff. He doesn't kidnap his wife and child, so it's all exactly. good. Exactly. Yeah. And then the third match was the Revival versus the two idiots that are the luckiest bastards in the WWE right now. <laughs> Oh my god, the B team is so frustrating. Ah, my brain stopped working for a minute. Just knowing that Curtis Axel is Kurt Henning's son and to see what he's doing right now in today's product is, oh, not perfect at all. No, he's like 36. He's almost a, he's almost older than his dad ever was. Yeah. He's like Batman, but you know, if Batman was a failure. And for some reason, they luck through it and the B team retained their titles yeah I don't get that I don't get pushing Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt out the door like that um, not Bray specifically but more Matt um, when you could have had them be champs until uh, SummerSlam then you could have gave it t- over to um, a true tag team because um, Matt and, and Bray their story is interesting how they became a team is interesting it's really neat I do like it but the Hardys don't have much left in them. I didn't expect them to wrestle more than a year, much less almost to the next WrestleMania. Um, and and one thing about it is is going to a forward thinking of, hey, women wrestling, great. We're treating it serious. I wish they would do the same with the tag team division. And you either need a, a fantastic story like what Bray and... Um, Matt had to become a team or you need to be a true team uh, the B team feels like they were a part of a weak stable and they were left behind and now they're tag team champs and it's like what the hell is that exactly yeah it may have been funny in fucking London where they think everything is funny but that shit didn't catch fire here in the states like they thought not even in Brooklyn and Brooklyn is pretty fucking easy to impress I'm heated I'm sorry I still think they should have Mr. T come out and smack the crap out of both of them just for trying to infringe on the A-team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Terry Crews ends his epic promo that began SummerSlam oh, with a so slap awesome. the B-team in the face. And then he's like, B stands for bitch! <laughs> or something like that, you know, with his big-ass Terry Crews voice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We The most recent feedback I heard was we cussed too much, and I have opened this podcast with 17 cuss words. I'm sorry. Fuck. They'll get over it. So, to start SummerSlam off, after that cool Terry Crews package, um, and Terry Crews' package, we had Seth Rollins with the new and Stone Cold improved Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler and that tall Irishman, Drew McIntyre. I have to call him tall Irishman because on Raw, twice they called Finn Balor the little Irishman. Like he's fucking hornswoggle. Don't get it. All right. Still mad. I'm still mad. I enjoyed this pay-per-view. I just, I'm, I don't like commentary. The commentary of WWE is awful, and it starts and rots at the top with Corey Graves. Corey Graves. <laughs> All right. 
So, let's go down the list of what... Okay, so, um, Seth Rollins... I'm just going to bring up his tights because, you know, we're a fashion podcast, not really a wrestling podcast. Seth Rollins uh, dressed up as fucking Thanos. Thanos. <laughs> what? He even had the Infinity Gauntlet on his leg. Yeah. I was like, man, those are like, you're not going to be able to use those tights very often. <laughs> At least not after next year. <laughs> yeah, because if I didn't think Thanos, I thought Michael Jackson. Yeah, it was terrible. Keep the kids away. Um... Uh, and but I, I I liked it I liked it a lot um, um, I liked the champion the Intercontinental Championship belt on Dolph Ziggler's tights and Hollywood down the right leg um, yep I have it down to exactly the leg uh, the Hollywood tights were neat because it reminded me of Hollywood Hulk Hogan yeah and I felt like that was what the callback was while also being that he's from Hollywood Florida. Um, which is like trailer town, by the way. Um, th- it was a, a pretty basic match starting out. Um, they, they took a cue, and it may just be similar mindset of, of, uh, Velveteen Dream and EC3 from the night before. You start off slow so that when you really hit hard, you really start going at it. It, it really matters that you're going at it. Um, they had Dolph working the knee. The only problem I had with that was that Seth basically no-sold the knee later on. And I was like, what? That was a waste, wasn't it? Um, uh, oh, God. And, and it, it was worse because Coach is a total screw-up on commentary. I'm not sure if he was this bad back in the day. I can't remember. But he's very bad right now. I wish they would just replace... I know the coach is a big name or whatever. It's a nostalgic name. He, oh, he worked for ESPN. Yeah, but he can't commentate with the shit. Just replace him with <laughs> Renee Young. Like, I don't care where he worked. I don't care if he worked for fucking Santa. His presence suck. Um... Uh, but uh, at one point, Seth lifts Dolph up for suplex when he was still selling the knee, and he fell backwards. And, you know, Dolph went over the top rope, and it all looked like a bad car crash. Um, that that looked rough. Um, towards the end of the match, Rollins got a super kick out of nowhere, went for the frog, frog splash, and Ziggler lifted his knees. Almost got the roll-up. I thought it was going to be like a little quick, oh, I'm going to keep my title kind of thing right there. But then, inverted suplex followed by a huge dragon sleeper DDT by Seth Rollins, and that was major. And I actually got the crowd into it really big. Uh, Drew McIntyre attacked Dean on the outside to get him out of the equation. Ziggler hit a really good zigzag, and um, then he busted Seth open, yep. which was just cool. Um, see some blood, especially in the first match. Uh, then there was um, a series of failed roll-ups, which resulted in a buckle bomb. And then um, uh, Dean had Dirty Deeds, Drew McIntyre. I don't know how to make Dirty Deeds a verb. He hit the Dirty Deeds on Drew McIntyre. Um, uh, that distracted Rollins, but he saw Ziggler. He kind of saw that he was watching Ziggler, knowing that that was going to be something Ziggler used. And then he uh, d- instead... Super kicked Ziggler before he could do anything, and he stomped him with that infinity foot, and then he won. That was probably the best curb stomp I've seen him do. It was great. <laughs> Just, yeah, that was that was great. Uh, you know, but I liked the match. It had a slow first half, but it's a really good second half. Um, I didn't like that Dean was down there to help Seth, but he distract distracted Seth on two different occasions. Even though the second time it was. To Seth's benefit, because it actually tricked Dolph. But I mean, it just—it was kind of odd um, that there wasn't more involvement with Dean and and Drew. Like there wasn't more. It was like a lot. Of, it was a lot of staring. Four out of five. <laughs> I, I gave it a five. I really loved this match. Even the botched move. Um, I, the, it's funny. My very first note was, "Here comes Thanos." Um, it was. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, it was a great opener. Oh, it was it was awesome. It's probably the best I've seen Seth in a minute. Um, I, I just and Dean looked, God Almighty, Dean looks like a brick shit house. He looks jacked. He, he, he is, looks he looks like what Stone Cold wanted him to be when Stone Cold did that podcast with him, where he talked about, man, I really want you to see you with some with some aggression, some anger. I really want to see you tough and mean. And Dean was like, I'm not really like that. I'm just kind of, you know. He's like that now. Yeah, he used to be like really kind of like a lazy wrestler, but not with the talent of Randy Orton. Now it looks like he's more intense 
And he had a match on Raw, talking about the the, the, the follow-up. He had a match on Raw, which was his best match in years. Yeah. I know he was gone for half a year, but, I mean, in years, that was his best match because he's not a strong wrestler. Um, and and if you're not a strong wrestler and you're lazy and you, you're a striker, then something's up because you go back and watch Stone Cold, and one thing I'll give him is after that neck injury and he couldn't wrestle wrestle anymore, his striking was aggressive as hell. He went after people. Yeah. And I hope Dean's going to be like that. Um, but, yeah, you gave it a 5 out of 5? Yep. Anything I missed? No, you hit everything. That that super kick was awesome. Yeah. Uh, the the inverted suplex was probably. Oh. I, I popped on that. I was like, oh, he's gonna feel that in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's that's when I was like, yeah, he's not selling that knee anymore because he really wants to pull out some cool moves. Which, you know, then I'm like, Dolph, it's your fault. You shouldn't have been selling the knee. Work his arm or something. Yeah. Um, especially for someone that does a, a super kick and a curb stomp as a finisher. Um, next match on the card was for the SmackDown. Tag Team Championships, which are currently um, on the hands of the Hammer Brothers from Mario. <laughs> uh, and they fought the New Day, Big E and Xavier. Um, hammer Brothers were dominating. I'm just going to call them the Hammer Brothers because all they do is carry around a dumbass hammer and wrestle poorly. Um, it, really, I thought they were going to be a better gimmick. They were going to be a better gimmick. I don't understand what went wrong. But they like the when they debuted, they came out there and interrupted that New Day Uso match. I believe it was. They went hard. I thought they paralyzed Xavier Woods, and then they have not gone hard since. Damn. Damn. That, that bump Xavier took that night. Wow. Yeah, but they haven't done shit since. Um, uh, at one point on this match, though, they teased that Xavier was gonna get slammed on the steps, but he didn't. Didn't get that. Um. Big E popped in, suplexed everyone, everyone outside. Um, uh, there was a, and then that led to a really fast-paced uh, action on the outside. Rowan hit the post and goes out. Um, Xavier flips and jumps onto him, um, and then Harper sidewalk slams Xavier. Then Big E spears Harper to the outside. Then Rowan cross bodies Big E. It was like a really cool series of events. Um, then after that, they hit the double crucifix on Big E. Almost did. Um, it almost got the win. Xavier broke that up. Uh, then um, there was a huge slam to Big E by Luke Harper outside. And, but Xavier hit a huge elbow drop to Harper outside. And that was great. And it looked like Xavier was going to win this. It looked like the New Day was going to win the tag team titles. I was like, well, this isn't the greatest match in the world. However, this would be great for a title change. And then Rowan used the hammer. DQ. To get DQ. Just to extend the story, I'm like, uh, why? And the more I watched the pay review, the more it soured on me. I'm like, you didn't have to have everything from SmackDown continue, from the from the heavyweight championship to the women's championship to the tag team championship uh, to the U.S. championship. Everything was a continued storyline. Nothing felt final, uh, and that was very frustrating. This was the first one I gave this match a three out of five because it had some really cool spots. Still low quality wrestling from the Bludgeon Brothers. I would have been okay with the DQ inning if it was a massacre. If they had massacred the New Day. Harper stopped Rowan to, to, with that hammer to do it himself. So Harper had the hammer. Then all he did was like a hit to the ribs. I'm like, that's the most basic weak sh- man. Ugh. Four, three out of five. I gave it a three as well. Uh, this felt like a SmackDown match. And then what we got on SmackDown felt more like the pay-per-view. it should have been a pay-per-view match. It was so match. good. The SmackDown match was good. What the hell? And by the way, the New Day won the tag team championships on SmackDown. Big E injured ribs. He was in the back. It was just Xavier and Kofi with no interference, even though it was an ODQ match. That was great. Yep. You know what? I feel like maybe the Bludgeon Brothers aren't really good wrestlers, but they're good fighters. Like maybe they're good in a no DQ kind of setting, yep. and that's it. If you put restrictions on them, they're not just like, oh, storyline, they're a weak team. No, they're going to fucking suck. Like, yep. you can't do that. Yeah. That, that's the only thing that I, I felt cheated with at the pay-per-view was I, I got what I thought would have been a pay-per-view match on SmackDown as opposed to what we actually got on SummerSlam. So. And, and my whole impressions on how I feel, like, happy or sad about whatever, if that even, never sad about wrestling, frustrated or, or accepted uh, with wrestling is, for SummerSlam weekend, I realize it's all done in the same building the whole weekend through Tuesday. So, uh, and they sell a lot of those packages for the, for the 
fan access, NXT, SummerSlam, Monday, and Tuesday. I get that. And so, really, it's a whole weekend event. What happens at SummerSlam can lead into Raw and SmackDown because it's the same crowd watching it. Yeah. So, I get that. However, we are rating pay-per-view matches, and we gave that match a 3 out of 5. The next match was way better. <laughs> Kevin Owens versus Braun Strowman. If Kevin Owens wins, he gets that Money in the Bank briefcase and becomes the Owens in the Bank. Um, so, here's the match. Slam, hella tackle, tackle, choke Sam on the diamond plate. Slam, pin, win, Braun Strowman. With a no-nonsense beatdown, let's finish the storyline <laughs> off. Let's go home. Let's get out of here because I'm going to cash in this shit later. Five out of five. Loved it. I have five stars. I've never wanted Kevin Owens to get his ass beat in a match in my entire life as bad as I wanted. And Braun Strowman did not disappoint. No, he did not. I mean, there was no Braun on the mic before this started. He just went down there and beat his ass. And it was like watching Goldberg again, really. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, that's what should be happening. Like, Braun, in any match with Kevin Owens, has been dominating, but Kevin Owens, is, his 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 brain really, you know, figures things out. And Braun just went down there, and he'd never gone down there and just like, I'm just going to finish this match early. He likes to play with his food. This time he was like, I'm I'm going through, you know, Wendy's. I just got that four before, but my, my girlfriend <laughs> thinks I'm on a diet, so I got to eat it before I get home, that kind of thing. That's what Braun Strowman did. He ate his four for four before he got home, so his girlfriend wouldn't know that he cheated on his diet. Did you just sell yourself out? No. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was the best I could think of. That was my best analogy. Perfect. All right. The next match was for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and you had Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch versus Carmella, the champ. Uh, this match was very interesting. It had a really cool story going into it. It probably had my favorite, most intriguing story going into it. This or the AJ Samoa Joe. Like, one of those two had my favorite, like, oh, this isn't, like, you know, typical wrestling stuff. Like, Charlotte and Car- Charlotte and Becky had this, like, friendship that was, like, is not typical. They became friends in NXT when Charlotte kind of became more babyface uh, than heel and Sasha Banks became the biggest teal down there and then when they came up on the roster they were with um the submission sorority which is what they were first called which is a porn website and i'm so glad don't know you didn't even google that fucking name never forget Paige, charlotte and becky were the submission sorority damn five star yeah i love it yes then they changed their name to Team PCB, Paige, Charlotte, and Becky. Garbage. It's like you went from like, that's a really cool name. You better Google that shit to make sure it's not, you know, about dicks. And then <laughs> then you didn't. And then you're like, let's come up with the most basic safe thing ever. And I'm like, PCB sounds like a drug. It's a drug. <laughs> or a city filled with drugs. It's one of the two. I grew up there. Panama City Beach. Panama City. Um, anyway... To the match, I, I really I, I like the story of them. You know, it was like Becky one on one with Carmella, great because she had won like all summer long, every match, and it's like Charlotte and Oscar are the ones getting the title opportunities. I'm like, what the hell? The last thing Oscar did was lose. Becky has won every match. I don't understand it. And then finally, they give it to us at SummerSlam. Then Charlotte comes back from her breasts and uh, you know her breasts injury, and. Um, uh, you know, the popped boob, the popped implant, which looks like she got bigger one. Hey, cool. Have fun. Um, but she came back right into a title opportunity. And I think Becky was the, the frustration with all of us. Like, yeah, we love you, Charlotte. We You're great. You're probably as much of a natural to this business as Rick. Guaranteed. As much of a natural. You're a great heel. You're a baby face. We like you. We, we like watching you. It's very frustrating because we like to watch you even when you're a bad guy. You put, pull out more stops than any other woman wrestler. We get it. We love you. But this isn't your time. Please don't just walk into a championship opportunity again. We don't want that. This isn't like Cena. This is like something else. We don't. We felt Becky's frustration. And going into this match, we all felt like Becky's going to have to beat your ass. Yep. She's going to have to beat your ass because we just can't take it anymore. As much as we love you. And we all felt that kind of twist, the, the knife twist of like, we like Charlotte, we just don't want her to win. And um, so 
let's go get into the match. The story was just so good, I had to rant about that for like three minutes. I'm sorry. It was a great story going into it. Because it's years in the making. Um, Becky and Charlotte um, were being played by Carmella early mm. on in the match. That was really cool. That was really neat. Um, Carmella actually really tried in this match. I feel like, because, you know, she's been getting the diva comment kind of thing. I'm like, what? what? She's not a diva. She can wrestle. It just... It's how they book her. Back in the day, they couldn't wrestle. And they booked them in bra and panties matches and mud wrestling matches. And then when it was the cleaner Divas era, it was just bad two-minute wastes of time. Um, at one point, Carmella did that suicide dive that I was like, oh, she didn't learn how to put her hands up. <laughs> she just face first into the ground. That is a true suicide dive. Oh, my God. Um, and then... At one point, uh, there was a figure four, a figure, yeah, figure, figure eight four. or figure four. I can't remember if she got the full eight in there, but it was broken up by a leg drop. I thought that was really cool. I always like, I always enjoy that. You had to like be really precise on that because Carmela's leg is turned, and if it turns too hard, bam, it's it snapped. And then of course Charlotte is right there as well. Um, and then uh, Charlotte throughout the whole match, she was in and out. That made me think, oh crap, she's gonna come in right at the moment. And guess what? Yep, there was a disarm her on Carmella, and Charlotte ran in there and got the natural selection and got the pin for the win. Charlotte Flair won, and we were all pissed. And I gave the whole series of events 4.5 out of 5, and part of that may be because at the end of the match, <laughs> Becky hugged Charlotte, and then she slapped her, and then she started beating the shit out of her, and it was great. It was like all of us, because everyone booed when Charlotte won. Yeah. Despite Becky's promo on SmackDown, which was the best damn promo she's ever had, Everyone there booed when Charlotte won. And no one... I didn't even expect that. I'm like, yeah, well, we like both of them. But no, they were like, no. We're going to kill Charlotte. Like, well, taking it too far. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a four. Uh, the ending pissed me off. Becky deserved that win. Yes. Uh, it was good storytelling. Great storytelling. Yes. And it was... Um, wow. Wow. It was a screw job. <laughs> I, I I enjoy that she had to lose to turn her heel, though. And oh, she snapped. And I needed oh. Becky to turn heel because her baby face is kind of... Hmm, cheesy. It's cheesy. She's one of those people, I think, that will be a great heel champion. Yeah, she will. I thought, as a baby face, she should have been more quiet. Uh, I really think Asuka should be like silent killer, kind of like scary, like mysterious. Um, but, I mean, after that heel promo that Becky had and that fight that had to be broken up, I was like, this is great. This is cool. I haven't really seen this like this before with the women. This is good. The next match is AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe for the WWE, WWE Championship, which is, of course, the SmackDown Championship, the one you see every week. Um... <laughs> It was great. From the beginning, Samoa Joe introduced Wendy. I'm like, oh. Ooh, man. This is great. This is great. Is that a real name? I don't know. We're, we're kind of, it all kind of feels creepy. It, it feels really scary. It's a great story, but damn, does it feel creepy. Um, AJ, in the very beginning, he was so intense. He was so quick hopping around like Joe almost couldn't keep up. And then Joe turned that power on and just, bam, knocked him out. Um, at one point, AJ hit a leapfrog over Joe. Joe didn't even duck. It's like, well, you're an asshole. Like, AJ jumped really high because Joe didn't even duck. Um, uh, at one point, uh, okay, so this this match had a lot of striking in it. Um, Joe was hitting, getting great kicks to AJ's knees because AJ was, like, you know, doing his kicks, and then Joe was like, I mean, we have the same moveset. Watch out. Bam. All that weight, all that strength goes into his kicks, and his kicks knock AJ down every time he goes after him. Um, I mean, like, Samojo has all the... Advantages. He's got the strikes that are going to be stronger. Uh, he hit a clothesline one time and flipped AJ, but that connected with the neck really hard. Like, this was a strong match. Like, you know, the AJ's Shinsuke matches were strong, hard, because they were friends, but Samoa Joe and AJ have wrestled each other so much that theirs is going to be strong, hard matches. Um, AJ at one point hit a really cool super forearm to the outside. I enjoyed that. I thought, all right, it's going to start swinging in his direction. Um, and then, nope, Joe hits that diving knee where he like, I don't know. At first I was like, what did he just do? 
did he just try to like anaconda wrap AJ in the air? But no, he like actually worked his leg around AJ so that his right leg could strike AJ right in the face. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good for for big man. That's insane. Um, if only Brock Lesnar showed the kind of effort that you do. Um, <laughs> he might become something one day. <laughs> uh, asshole. Um, <laughs> trying to get back on track. Um, oh, uh, and at one point, uh, AJ tried uh, one of those Japanese neck breakers that he does yeah. uh, to drop the guy on his knee. And when he dropped it, Joe on his knee, it collapsed AJ's knee. It looked rough. I was like, oh, man, you knew that was too much weight, didn't you? <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. And then at one point, AJ goes to that that uh, forearm, and he runs at Joe. And Joe does the fastest power slam I've ever seen. It's that Gold Dust power slam that Gold Dust does. Randy Orton does. Joe did it. I've never seen it so quick. It snapped so quick. For a big guy, he impressed me in this match. Oh my god. Um. And then AJ picked Joe up for the Styles Clash and hit it. I'm like, oh my god. I can't believe you actually did that. And I hope a Joe pulled his neck up because we've seen in Japan what happens when they don't pull their neck back. <laughs> if their in, their instinct to tuck their chin takes over, they break their neck. Um, don't want to. I don't want to sour the mood. Um, uh, at one point AJ starts like Joe kicked out of that. That was insane. And AJ starts fighting Joe into the corner, and then Joe starts those strong style slaps across the ring. Hitting the shit out of AJ. And then AJ got the Pele in response to that. Then Joe got the Urugami in response to that. So, you know, it was, it was a pretty su- neat series of, like, fighting but fighting moves kind of thing. Um, and then AJ got the Calf Crusher. But Joe, to break out of it, grabs AJ's head and starts smashing it against the, the mat. Um, then he got a hard Insiguri. Um, then dropped headfirst onto the steps, and uh, well, that's what Joe did to AJ, busting AJ open. And then Joe gets on the mic and makes the biggest mistake he could have made in this match. Because the promo that AJ won't be home, but I'll be your new daddy. Oh, mistake. AJ looked up, and AJ speared Joe off the top of the table, through the barricade, starts beating the shit out of Joe with a chair, and I mean, of course, that gets him disqualified. Samoa Joe is the winner by DQ. AJ is still champion. But then AJ grabs his daughter, and his daughter's like, Daddy, you're bleeding. And he takes his daughter and his wife, and he just walks out through the crowd. I was like, that's how you end a match with a DQ. Bam, right there. Five out of five. I loved this match. I gave it a five out of five myself. Uh, You know, we saw the DQ early on with the Bludgeon Brothers, the Hammer Brothers. And, you know, that was like, eh, whatever. Like Spencer just said, this is how you do a DQ. This is how and you do it. This right here, Samoa Joe is in AJ's head. This is how you do it. I mean. Oh, it's great. And on SmackDown, AJ started making some, um, you know, promises to Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe just snuck it behind him and choked him out again. And uh, then he's like, there's a lot of promises going around here. And uh, he's like, Wendy, I'll promise you he won't be coming home. And, uh, yeah. you know, continue that storyline. So that's going to be cool. And I think Samoa Joe's going to win. Yeah. I think Samoa Joe may win. And AJ may not even get his rematch clause. I think AJ may go away for just a little bit. Go away, regroup, and come back. Yeah. Pissed. Like, maybe <laughs> Samoa Joe wins the title of the next pay-per-view, which is Hell in a Cell. Then at the next pay-per-view, AJ does his rematch clause. Which makes it like what's after Hell in a Cell, something before Survivor Series. Yep. <laughs> then you can keep AJ away until the Royal Rumble and have him come back at the Royal Rumble, and that'd be a nice little surprise. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe he could win the Rumble. I don't know. Don't know how it's gonna go. But that was a great match. The next match wasn't even on. Uh, was a non-title match. Way late in the card because of the story behind it. Eight years in the making. This is gonna be the final. This is gonna be it. This is the conclusion to an eight-year story. The Miz, Mike Mizanine from the real world fame, versus Daniel Bryan. Um, this match had kicks galore. Uh, and, and when Dan Bryan was in control, you know, there was actual wrestling going on, like the Mexican surfboard he did, which was really fantastic. Um, 
God, there was so many things that happened to Daniel Bryan. I was really worried for him. At one point, he went up top for a clothesline, but went up top for something. And then he got clotheslined off and he hit his head really hard on the ground. I thought, that sucks. Uh, then he's getting hard knees to his head throughout the match. I'm like, come on. Not not him, because the concussion thing. Come on. Um, at one point, Dan Bryan does get to start chopping and kicking Dan, um, uh, the Miz, and Miz's chest opens up. Just like Daniel Bryan's chest opened up during the Greatest Royal Rumble. Yep. And during a few matches, actually. Um, uh, at one point, uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, did his famous backflip thing where he runs to the corner, does backflip. He got a mega bunch of mega running drop kicks, and then did a Hurricane Rana, um, and then a suicide drop kick followed by a crossbody from the top to the outside. Like he did a huge series of of moves in a row. Um, and then at one point he got the Miz in a tree of woe and, uh, started doing the yes kicks. He, it was really like, let's beat the shit out of the Miz in this match. So basically most of my notes are him beating the shit out of the Miz. Um, at one point, uh, Miz got his little small DDT thing reversed out of a yes kick. Um, his it kicks, I really liked this. His it kicks to the Miz had no effect. It just pumped Miz up and I was like, yeah. It's like the... Oh no, his it kicks to Daniel Bryan pumped Daniel Bryan up. And it's almost like Daniel Bryan had the Hulk Hogan moment. Hulk Hogan, yeah. Like, alright, you're going to keep kicking me? You piece of shit, these are my moves. And then the Miz started slapping him. And I was like, yeah, well, that hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> um, he got a Skull Crusher finale after that. And I thought he was going to win it. I'm like, that's dumb. Don't let him win clean. And But don't worry, he didn't. Uh, he didn't win clean. Um, at one point, Daniel Bryan hit that yes kick right onto the post. That hurt. Then it got into a figure four, which of course he reversed it into the figure four that never hurt anybody ever. I don't know why they still do that. I guess it's like a joke. I don't understand. Um, he got a yes lock at one point and kept striking Dana, uh, the Miz really hard. Dana Bryan kept like going after the Miz's, like right where you get the Vulcan death grip, like yeah. right there in the neck. I don't know how to describe it. Um, and I thought he was going to win, but Miz got the, the break. And then Maurice gave those brass knucks to the Miz. And then Dan Brown for that suicide dive, and Miz punched him right in the head. And then the Miz won because he cheated. He won. Eight year feud, supposed to come to an end. But the Miz won by cheating. I gave it a four out of five. I was very frustrated that it wasn't <laughs> the end. Every SmackDown match is a continuation of the story. Four out of five. I gave it a 3.5. Okay. When. Naruto came to the ring to fight Daniel Bryan. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I just, I get it. He cheated to win. Yada yada yada. It's the Miz. You're expected. Um, it, what we saw on SmackDown is what I'm more interested in. I honestly think we're going to see Brie pin the yeah, Miz. That'd be great at Hell in a Cell. Um, and I would love to. Uh, to, to watch that happen, and I think that might be the end of it. Of course, with the Miz, you never know. He holds grudges forever and ever. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the payback on the B team to happen. Yeah. Which I would love to see him beat both of those guys in the ring. Yeah, before the match, he was walking past the B team, and um, they were like, you know what the B stands for? It stands for Brian. We hope Daniel Bryan beats your ass. <laughs> like, it was really neat. And I was like, oh, yeah, serious for a minute. Uh, the next match was much better. The Constable, Baron Corbin, versus Finn Balor, the Demon. I have two notes. The first note, OMG the fucking Demon. <laughs> the second note, Sling Blades Aggression Dropkicks Coup de Gras, winner, Finn Balor. I, I thought the, the Braun Strowman-Kevin Owens match was fast. No, no, no. <laughs> This match, and Baron Corbin was like, this isn't fair. This is not what I wanted. You know what? You pissed him off. Yep, and whenever you piss Finn Balor off enough, he goes to the demon. And I'm so glad they don't overuse the demon. And I'm so glad they don't make the demon wrestle scrubs. He just beats the asses of scrubs. He wrestles people like AJ Styles who require that much. Yep. And I think even last year, Finn Balor's demon went over on AJ to make Finn undefeated as the demon yep. um, if I remember that correctly but if he lost AJ last year I don't really remember even though it was one of my top matches I don't really remember who won 
I just remember I love that match. Um, that would be the anomaly because the the demon is, for all intents and purposes, undefeated. The demon is undefeated, and, and someone like Baron Corbin, he should beat really quickly. I give this match a five out of five. I gave it a five out of five. Next up, Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the United States Championship. Um, it's it's weird that Randy wasn't out there at one point or another. It's weird that Randy wasn't a part of this match. Um. I won't, but we'll get into the match. It's, it's, it's overall. It's weird that Jeff wasn't even like distracted by watching around and looking around for Randy. Like Randy wasn't shown watching, and Jeff wasn't shown looking around for him. It's like well, it probably should have. It felt like that should have been a part of it because of the pace of the match, but it wasn't. I don't understand. Um, at one point, Jeff uh, tried a jawbreaker, and mm-hmm. Shinsuke blocked it with a kick straight to the head, and that I, my teeth felt that. I felt really bad for him. Um. Then Shinsuke did that reverse spinning kick to Jeff's head. That felt bad too. Uh, um, Jeff uh, at one point went. Uh, he he did the whisper in the wind. He got his normal things. He went for the swan tom, and then uh, it got turned into a knee into the mid corner. He did not get to hit the swan tom. Uh, Shinsuke went for that low blow, and everyone was like, "Oh, that again." Um, and then uh, after Jeff blocked that or avoided that, he hit that twist of fate, um, hit the swanton, and then another kick out. And I'm like, all right, when's Randy gonna show up? I think everyone was like, when's Randy gonna show up? It's gonna be after like a close fall. When's Randy gonna show up? And then Jeff Hardy uh, Shinsuke tried to roll out of the ring to avoid being pinned. Obviously, Jeff went for a second swanton attempt on the ring edge. And he missed. Oh, he missed. And then the, the chance of holy shit started up because that's like a steel bar that he just flipped onto back first. Um, when he got in the ring, Shinsuke hit that hard axe kick to the back of the head, hit a Kinshasa, and he won. The winner, still your U.S. champion, champion Shinsuke Nakamura. And then Randy came out. And then he <laughs> left. And I don't understand anything that's happened three out of five. <laughs> I gave it a 3.5. Uh, I agree with you. I was expecting Randy. Um, Jeff, the build-up to this match was awesome. I mean, you would have had Jeff in a paranoid paranoid state, and now all of a sudden, you know, where's Randy? Why isn't Randy out here torturing Jeff? Why yeah. isn't he getting involved in something? Why didn't this become a triple threat match and Shinsuke and Orton teamed up to take Jeff out? Yep. But Randy walks out. He doesn't even come down the ramp. He just and turns around and walks. The fo- what? Yep, I know. And then on SmackDown, of course, we got the Randy versus Jeff Hardy match again. This is all treated as one big weekend event, not just one pay per view. But we are grading based off the pay per view, so of course, mine is still three out of five. Um, and I, I don't know where this is going. I know Jeff isn't going up to the U.S. Championship anymore. I don't think Randy is either. He just wants to beat all the legends up, like be legend killer again, I guess, even though he is a legend now. Um, but I like it's the United States of Nakamura. Yep. Um, next match. Like, and this should have been the main event. I'm just going to say it here. I actually tweeted out when this match was over. Well, I'm really glad that was the main event. Nothing else to see here. <laughs> um, Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey, the baddest woman on the planet, versus the champ, Alexa Bliss. Um, this was a long time in the making ever since Alexa cashed in on uh, Nia Jax and interrupted and beat up Ronda Rousey in that match. Then Ronda got suspended um, so that Nia could have her rematch with Alexa and not really be a part of a different story. And then, so it's about 60 days in the making. Not eight years of making like Miz and, and Daniel Bryan, but at least this had a finish. Yeah. Um, uh, Alexa brushing off the Bellas when she came out. I was like, well, that, that makes sense. The Bellas are more divas than wrestlers, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point uh, in the match uh, early, Alexa was avoiding Ronda a lot. Like, just like running away. Like, straight up like, nah. Nah, I don't want to lose. I don't want to deal with this right now. Um, I really think it would have been better if Mickey had been there with her. Of course, Mickey is injured, and that kind of sucks. But uh, that would have extended this match. This match kind of got straight to the point. Um, Ronda sat in the middle of the ring, closed her eyes, put her hands behind her back, and said, I'll give you a free shot. And Alexa was like, all right, cool. This has never failed a bad guy before. (laughs) This Jerry Lawler tactic from the 80s. I'm sure I've never seen this before. 
and um, it was it was very cool. It was old school, old school kind of booking. It was old school match stuff. Uh, Rousey just sat in the middle of the ring. Alexa got that sleeper on her, and uh, yeah, that didn't really, really work out for her because um, that sleeper failed. Um, uh, Ronda picked her up and said, "Are you ready?" And I was not. I'd never seen a huge spinning snap Samoan drop before. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't ready. There's never been anyone this strong and quick before on the roster for men or women. Maybe, maybe Brock comes close, but that's about it. Like this is such a weird combination of judo fighting and wrestling. Uh, I've never seen it before. I wasn't ready, Rhonda. You didn't really get me prepared. Um, and at one point, uh, Alexa tried to kick Rhonda. It was caught, obviously. Ronda's super fast. She's like the Flash. You're fighting the Flash. And she flipped Alexa. Then she started doing those judo throws. Then she did a snap Death Valley driver. And I... There's only two people. And since The Godfather, there's only two people that do the DVD. <laughs> and that is Velveteen Dream and Ronda Rousey. Um, and then uh, Alexa's arm was snapped. It was great. Ronda won by tap out. It was quick entertaining and Physical, and physically, who can match Ronda Rousey? I love this match. I gave it a five out of five. I gave it a five out of five. There's never been a pay per view, or there hasn't been one since we've started the podcast that I've given so many five star matches to. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, Glenn's a critical asshole. Like, <laughs> it really impressed him. The, I honestly thought I know Alexa is double jointed, yeah. but I honestly thought Ronda broke her arm. Like, hey, she's double jointed. But her arm doesn't actually bend that way all the, like the whole way. Yeah. Oh, I, I honestly thought she broke her arm more so than when her and Sasha pulled that crap uh, at the pay per view, you know, last yeah. year. Yeah. But oh, damn. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was, it was good. And I love Alexis. Uh, Alexis not as strong of a wrestler as Ronda, even the overhyped rookie. Like that, that, sure, overhyped rookie, whatever they want to call her, rookie, whatever. She she's got a cool move set. She's a really good wrestler. But there's a reason why Alexa and and, and Nia was really weak because Nia booked as someone that takes damage doesn't work. She she booked as a monster. And Nia works. Uh, Alexa is not strong enough to really make anybody look good. I think Ronda is that type of wrestler. And not most wrestlers aren't. They, they can't just really adapt to any style. I think Ronda's dominating style really, really benefits. And But Alexa is the best character, period, in all of wrestling, men or women. She's the best character. So it's, you know, it's like this is the best character versus probably the best physical, talented person on the roster. Yep. It was a great match. Should have been in the main event. We could end the match. The, the, we could end the uh, podcast right there, but I guess we have to mention Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, 9,000. Um, <laughs> Brock almost chokes out Roman, but Spinebuster. And again, uh, Roman missed a spear and hit Braun, who was out there, and said, I don't attack people from behind. I'm going to challenge you face-to-face, whoever wins. Okay, cool. Uh, then Brock... Beats Braun's ass with everything and tosses the briefcase up and like it looks like he busts part of the entrance. Um, and then Roman Reigns got a surprise spear on Brock and got the win. Gave it a one out of five. It's lame. It's cool moments with Braun and Brock. Almost like that should have been a fucking match. Waste. I gave it a half a star. Damn. Um. The the Braun coming out at the at the at the first of it was awesome. I would have loved to have seen him cash in. Uh, I'm kind of glad that it didn't happen, but I would have loved to have seen it because, um, you know, I know he, he wants Lesnar to get these hands. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad Lesnar doesn't have the belt. Could we see the Golden Shield? Maybe. That's not, The follow-up to this match was great. Brock didn't show up. He does have a rematch, so they're keeping that last date he's got close to the vest for the future. Like, hey, what if he wins the UFC championship? Should he show back up and then win the WWE championship? 
let's wait and see. Let's wait and see if he can win a real fight. Uh, so that's pretty neat. But Braun coming out to cash in against Roman and the Shield coming out. Like I was like, that is pretty cool. Like that's that's a neat. That's better than my thought process of Kevin Owens beating Braun and Kevin Owens sneaking in and getting a win over Brock so he can say that he beat Braun and Brock at the same time. That would have been fine. That's what I thought they were gonna do. But this was better. The Shield makes them a ton of money. Cool money machine is back on track. Um, overall, what would you give the pay per view, Glenn? Wow, there's a couple of, of bad matches, a couple of so-so matches. Overall, I gave this one a 4 out of 5. Um, I, I had four, five matches that were five-star matches in this thing, and it was amazing. Uh, I, overall, I thought they did a good job. Um, I'm just glad, for now, there's going to be a fighting champion. Yeah. Instead of waiting for that giant turd to come pop and, up whenever he wants and, to. And the shield is cool. Yeah, I do like the Shield being back together and Dean, seeing Dean like he is now, uh, not just the quote-unquote leader of the Shield, because uh, he was the front man, you know, I, I, he's the muscle now, Yeah. honestly. Yeah. Because him and Rollins are going to have to, if, if if they do ever put the tag belts on Seth and Dean, uh, they're the bodyguards now for Roman. Yeah, essentially. Um, I, I liked the follow-up and stuff, and all the matches only gave a 3 out of 5 to Jeff versus Shinsuke and a 1 out of 5 to Brock and Roman. It's The problem is, is that Brock and Roman was the main event. That was the last thing I can think of about the pay-per-view. That's the last thing I saw that really soured the overall experience. And even going back and re-watching them, I'm like, ah, I still can't give it more than a 4 out of 5 because of that ending. And there was tons of 5 out of 5 matches and 4 out of 5 and 4 and a half and, and only 2 that wasn't a 4. And that average, if I averaged it by scores I gave, should be higher. But because the ending was so sour, it's a 4 out of 5 is the best I can muster up for it. You could tell that the fans checked out. Yeah, they checked out the main event. Yeah. Alexa and Ronda should be the main event. And, uh, yeah. So that's a sour ending. As like the same with most of the endings to our podcasts. Uh, sour endings. <laughs> Trailing off into the sunset incoherently. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, you can find us collectively at Take the Studios on all social media. We all have other podcast stuff, uh, gaming podcasts, uh, movie podcasts, stuff like that. If you want to check us out, if you want to share us, that's cool for other people that may like wrestling and uh, like people that you know break down pay per views that aren't wrestlers i guess um and we're not completely jaded so that's nice as, as most people are completely jaded uh at this point thank you for listening we'll see you next time glenn just saluted the air <laughs> <laughs>